Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, Internet? You're listening to the Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, a.k.a. Brand New Ben, a.k.a. Soldier 70 Spliff, Doctor Whose Mans is this, Mr. All I Do is Wednesday, a.k.a. Hollywood Hameen, here in the spaceship tonight. Okay, okay, that's right. Who else want to mess with Hollywood Hameen? Okay. As we get started here on Fan Bro Show, Voice of the Urban Geek, like I said before. And as always, I am joined by Satiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Ivan Yeo, Maserati Kanata, Misty Knight Rider, Jen and Juice Urso, Chance the Parappa, and Deuce Piccolo. Woo! Very nice, very nice. How you doing tonight, Tatiana? I'm doing very well. I really like that new AKA. That that was pretty stunning. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Hollywood Hameen here in the spaceship here on Fanbro Show. You know, hope everyone is having a great week out there. You know, I'm having the best week of my life as always. It's just <laughs> beautiful lately. So much going on in the For All Nerds crew. You know, shout out to Outlaw Bars. Shout out to Scream Squad. Shout out to Slam Bros. Shout out to Castle Black. If you've been missing that, you know, we'll be right back with some newness very soon. Be newness? Newness, you know, some newness. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> you know, new newness. It's like, you know, okay. new and new. Newness. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, come on, get with it. So, you know, it's a lot going on right now. Hopefully, you're all subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, all that good stuff. You know, thank you to everyone who's still been congratulating me, you know, bigging me up, shouting me out for, you know, you know, being a staff writer on American Gods and all. You know. Let me pop my collar real quick. It's you in the you house. Know. You know, representing homecoming coming up soon. You know, I'm gonna be out there. Oh my! Oh, God. you are oh. you coming back this way for homecoming? I will be in attendance as well. I might have to. You know, you know, brother got a stunt. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, like homecoming, <laughs> like a brother got a stunt. You know, I will be back though for New York Comic Con. So you know, make sure you know you if you are in the house at New York Comic Con to find the mm. fan bros because we will be everywhere as always doing big things. So, so you know. like you and all of the HU Hollywood people gonna come together like you, Bradford, and a whole bunch mm. of people just like walking in like Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, with it's, the suits and shit. <laughs> I really like that I can now be considered on the same level as, you know, my brother Bradford Young because yeah. I've known that brother, you know, for so long and we've always been both, you know, on this game, you know, shout out to the whole School of C, School of Communications, Radio, TV, and Film, but you know, it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, like, like I said before, thank you to everyone who's been shouting me out. Things are going fantastic out here. Bid love to my brother Orlando Jones. I was out with dinner with Mr. Nancy last night. You know, we were yeah. chopping it up about, you know, the gods, you know, season two, plus all kind of other things. Bid shouts to Universal Fan Con. Shout outs to Jamie Broadnax. Yes. Black Girl Nerds on the advisory board for sci-fi. Can... can 
That's real big quick. Teams. Big mm. teams. Mm. Big shout out to Orlando Jones. Also on that board over at Sci-Fi. You know, the stuff he was telling me they got planned is crazy. And, you know, that's just like somebody said that, you know, this week. It's just... Like, I'm happy for myself, obviously, but, you know, so much love to Jamie. It's so great to see people like us, you know, Fan Bro Show, Black Girl Nerds, everyone who's been involved in this space from early, you know, getting the respect and, the, mm -hmm. you know, the props and the positions that, you know, we deserve. You know, Absolutely. we've been putting in this work. We've been bringing you this love. You know, we've been shining a light on the blurred community, on the, you know, the people of color community, the for all nerds community. So it's just, you know, fantastic. Like, big ups to Jamie. Like, I'm just loving yes. it. You know, it's so amazing right now. Yeah, big ups to everybody. And speaking of shining light, I want to make sure that we still continue to shine a light on everyone mm. down south, everyone in the Word. Caribbean, and everyone that was affected by Hurricane Irma and the side effects. Like, there's people still in Florida with no power, our very own Bowman12L, who is one of the hosts of Slam Bros. He's still without power and mm. in, what, be a week? So, Damn. and I asked him, so did they, did the power company say when they were going to restore it? He said, they just wrote like, LOL to him. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> so, I mean, he was joking, but he, he was serious. Like yeah. everyone's still really going through it. So again, donate where you can. I always suggest that you donate to the local, whether it's, um, local houses, like what am I trying to say here? Like the food banks down there, if you're trying to donate clothing, toiletries, things like that, donate directly to the people as much as you can. Whatever you can do to try to help and keep everybody in your thoughts and, and pray for them and all that other stuff that you like to do to send them as much positive energy as possible. I mean, for real, like shout out to everyone out there, you know, big shout outs to everybody down in Houston. Shout outs to JJ Watts for raising like 31 million, which is insane, you know, and That's I saw a, Tim Duncan is raising money for the Caribbean. Like, everyone, you know, just love, you know, hope y'all are doing well as possible down there. You know, it's all love to everyone affected. You know, if you're one of the fan bros, you know, the For All Nerds community and you're down there, please hit us up. Let us know how you're doing. Hit us mm -hmm. on Twitter at Fan Bros Show or on the Instagram, wherever. You know, please let us know your, how you're doing and you're all right and all that good stuff. And, you know, you were speaking about, you know, the trifling ass power companies. And it seems like every <laughs> company this week is just being trifling as hell as always. Oh, I mean, if we, you know, if we were still doing trifling heights, ESPN would be all up in that mix right now because, oh, man. I mean, you know, everyone already heard, you know, Jamel Hill, you know, did a little thing on Twitter, you know, said what everyone's saying. And espn want to come out their face and try and remove her from the show from her sports center 6 p.m her and you know mr smith like what were they thinking well specifically what happened just to, well, just to, just to bring it down just a little bit just specifically what happened yes as ben said jamel hill said what she said she had a couple of tweets calling donald trump a white supremacist and that he's largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists facts and, and he, she said more, but that was the gist of it, that he's a white supremacist and he's surrounded by white supremacists. Uh, a day later, ESPN jumped up and said, the comments on Twitter from Jamel Hill regarding the president do not represent the position of ESPN. We've addressed this with Jamel. She recognizes her actions were inappropriate. That set me off and set off a lot of everyone else. Well, not everyone yep. else, but set off a lot of people on Twitter because one, what was false or inappropriate about what she said? Not a goddamn thing. But that being said, it was said, and that put more pressure on everything going on at ESPN. Then 
the White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, when she, when a reporter came to her with this, she says, it's certainly something that I think would be a fireable offense by ESPN. Wow. Bitch, what? Like, yeah, what? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not even worth giving her any time because she's a goddamn fool, just like our president, you know, and obviously a white supremacist herself. Because yeah. if you stand with that dude, that's how it is. But, it's, you know, we just want to pick up Jamel Hill for real. Like, yeah. yeah like. So Jamel actually came back today saying she was going to address the elephant in the room. And she put out another statement on Twitter. Basically, she says she didn't take. So, so let me be clear. She didn't take back what she said. She just mentioned that she feels she says her regret is that she made. She Her regret is that the comments she made painted ESPN in an unfair light and she respects the company and her colleagues. She said her comments on Twitter express her personal beliefs. So to be clear, she ain't taking it back. She said what she said. Nah. But she out of I understand why she did that. She she wanted to make it clear that she respect her colleagues because there may be some colleagues who think totally differently. And she wanted to be clear that that's not she wanted to it's like ESPN was distancing themselves from her while she was distancing her comments from ESPN. So I think that's the end of it. By the end of this week, it should we shouldn't hear any more about it. I hope we don't because, again, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And when you start doing stuff like as a government figure body saying people in America saying that people can't say certain things or they should be fired or they should get some type of something happening to them because they said something, then you start getting to the slippery slope and it's just it turns makes me even think even more about the fact that this is such like a fascist regime so i'm over it but again all the love to jamel hill i stand with her hashtag we stand with jamel we're all loving with her word up and uh, like i said again bitch out i saw orlando jones because he said something to me last night that he was like you know i'm happy that trump is president because it allows us to talk about things because like as you know tatiana you know since the beginning of the Farron Bro show i've always said we live in a patriarchal white supremacist society Yes. And now you get to, you know. It's like, name your mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, we live in a patriarchal white supremacist society, volume one. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people used to act like I was crazy for saying some shit like that. Or people come at me, oh, see so me, white people are supreme to us. And I'm just like, you know. You're missing the point, man. Yeah, missing the right point. And I'm just, yeah, completely. And it's just so silly to me, but now it's so beautiful because you just hear this on the regular. You know, Jamel just out there like, you know, Trump's a white supremacist. You know, he's surrounded by him. Facts. So you're saying now we're, we're normalizing speaking about the ass, the facets of white supremacy. And yes. And people who maybe wouldn't have, not Jamel, but other people who when I have spoken up about it before now feel the need to speak up about it. This is and, true. And even more so, it's like, because people will get on you and say that, you know, you're an extremist or that you, you know, why, why, why are you always talking about race and stuff? Why are you always, me, 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 me? you know, why do you always think that race affects everything? And it's like, um, yeah. Well, race does affect everything because today we found out that mm. a classic childhood story, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie was actually originally thought up to be a little black boy. Mm. Now, this blew my mind, and this, and I was sharing it with everybody. I was like, "Dude, you see this shit?" So, I apparently, so, so Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was written by Roald Dahl. He's written the BFG and a whole bunch of other classic children's literature. 
But on it was actually on Wednesday, uh, Roald Dahl's widow, Lissy or Licky, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but but his widow mentioned that she originally he originally dreamed up Charlie and Chocolate Factory that started a little black boy. And when they asked her why it was changed, she said, I don't know. It's a great pity. Apparently, the reason why it was changed was because Roald Dahl's agent thought it was a bad idea to have a black hero. And yep. when they said, well, why? Why do you think that's an issue? They said, because people are going to ask questions or people going to ask me questions about why the boy is black. Yep. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I was a huge fan of this book as a child. I, You know, the, the original Char Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the sequel, Charlie and the, I think it's Glass Elevator and mm. uh, the Great Glass Elevator. And, yeah. you know, I loved those books as a child. And then... I didn't actually see the movie until way later as like as an adult, pretty much. And I thought, you know, I mean, I've instantly fell in love with it. I've seen it dozens of times since. And it's right. an instant classic. And it's one of those things like at that time, a little black boy as the lead of this book would have been. I mean, it would have been revolutionary. But, uh, you know, I can I can definitely understand why his agent was like, bruh, bruh, you want to sell? Bruh, bruh. You know, and, and, and it's indicative of. She's mad of, racist, B. You know, indicative of all the racism that's been going yeah, on, right. just in entertainment in general and literature and things like that, and just the way, mainly that the whiteness has always kind of been centered as a default in mm -hmm. so many different forms of entertainment. But could yep. you? And I and I understand what you're saying in terms of that time. But could you mm -hmm. imagine how monumental that would have been up until to this day? if Charlie was indeed continued on just to be a black kid? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like with everything, like I always talk about, you know, if, if people don't seem to understand that, like what it means to normalize whiteness and how that affects people's psyches and everything. Like if you're out there and all you see is images of little blonde haired boys is doing everything or, you know, brunette, whatever they are, it's always a little white boy. So it's like you never see anything else. And that's even something, even with this, it's like now people are like, okay, let's recast it as all black. But that's not realistic either. That is... That's like the thing. It's like it's not just us and white supremacy affects everyone. That's what that's what I'm always trying to explain to people. Like when they're like, oh, you think white people are supreme? I'm like, no, because for 99 percent of the populace, white supremacy affects them. Maybe not at the same level that it affects black people, but it affects white people. It affects Asian people. It affects it's Indian people. It affects everyone. Patriarchal affects all women. So, you know, it's like we, let's not make it just the remake with a black dude now. Orlando Jones was suggested to play Willy Wonka, and oh yes. lord! <laughs> and he said me too. Now you know he would kill that role. You oh, know he, he would, would eat that, that shit. Oh he my would god! Kill it because he's such a troll. And the Willy, you know, um, oh, Gene Wilder god. is the ultimate troll in that movie. Like shout outs, rest in peace to that man. Because oh my god, yeah, he yeah, killed yeah. it. But that is one would, of the greatest roles of all time. Orlando would kill that role. Oh, and then easily. Also, Kayla Marseille, who plays Diane mm -hmm. on Blackish, was con yes. not considered, but the Twitter cast her potentially as Charlie. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. That's a dope flip. Yep. It makes mm -hmm. sense. She would definitely, she's, she fits that role. She fits that, what I believe to be the personality of Charlie anyway. So, again. She's going to be so in a second, though. They need to hurry up and make this. 
<laughs> again, this blew my mind. I was like, yo, that's wild. But it just goes to show you that if that if that was the case, what other stories have been changed and flipped up? My Lord. All of them. All of them. I mean, that's not like what? Like, all, uh, what story has because it been white? But because of race specifically. Jeez. Let's start at the Bible. Oh, well, then. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> in other news, bitch, out to Dave Chappelle for winning that <laughs> Emmy for hosting SNL. You know, great stuff right there. I can't believe that's his first. Interview. I mean, that's like he right. didn't couldn't get an Emmy for Chappelle show. Chappelle show was groundbreaking, yeah. but you know, it, it is wild, it is. disrespectful. And speaking of wild, disrespectful, before we get out of this intro, yo, Tyrese, <laughs> my guy, this man, what were you thinking? Oh. Um, for those who don't know, Tyrese went on a rant. The only way to say it is a for rant. Days. But not just a rant. It's been days on social media that he's been doing this. But, I mean, the big one, when he leaves this comment on the Rock Dwayne uh, Johnson's picture, basically, folks, Dwayne Johnson, the Rock, is going to do a Hobbs solo movie because he is the reason why the Fast and Furious is popping. And he's the Rock, so you can do that. Yeah, so you can do that. Tyrese is over here hurt. Sad, you know, I mean, and understandably so. When you're Tyrese oh. right now, you live off these Fast and Furious yeah. movies. Like, that is that paycheck every year that you are damn near depending on. So it's like. I understand like, that, but don't say it's understandably. No, there's no excuse for that <laughs> bullshit he's doing. He's dumb. Oh really, my God. Really dumb for real. Like, a man looks like a teenager on Twitter was, right now. So, like, first he did this long ass post on his own IG, I think it was IG, just about why the rock shouldn't do this solo movie and he got to make sure basically he was saying that he the rock as if the rock is his dad the rock should make sure the rest of the family eat first before he do that <laughs> it's, i just started dying laughing when i read this and then to your point he went on the rocks page and did this long ass Ooh. post mind you he said multiple times in it that oh you're not picked you're not taking my calls and I'm like, this is Kanye and Jay-Z all over again. <laughs> like, what is happening? No, 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 even no, though, no, no, no. Even no. though, just in the terms of people not speaking to each other, Kanye, yes, he's 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 actually very talented and all that other stuff. No, Tyrese, yeah, for people for people who remember, this is uh, more like uh, when Mino was beefing with Jay-Z. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I've seen well, your I don't, fan I don't know, getting shot I don't out of cannons before. I don't um, know the, the, the deepness of that or what that even established. But point, Well, you understand you don't remember Mino, right? So... Mm. Ah, there we go. Um, that oh, is okay. I was supposed to yeah. remember who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I know. That's I, I truly don't know who that is. In the battle, if Jay Z battled Mino and you only remember Jay Z. Oh shit! Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, Tyrese just looked like an utter fool. Like, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was crying. He talking about how he didn't like Baywatch, but he bought out tickets to see Moana. You know, so to the theater. Wait, but here's my thing. How in one breath? And you're going to say, <laughs> don't do this because you got to make sure the Fast and Family fam eating first. And in the same breath, say, you know, basically saying that, oh, he, he needs this because he needs the money. Then saying, oh, yeah, but I bought out two theaters and did it. Like, which one is it, Tyrese? Like, are you too rich? <laughs> what is are the truth? Are you too rich to, to be feeling this way? Or are you too poor to <laughs> let Jay, Jay-Z, <laughs> let The Rock do what he wants to do? The, the Rock is not answering your calls. He's not paying you no mind. He's paying you dust. So I don't understand. Like, how are you just disrespecting yourself? So what's going to happen when The Rock puts out that Ned's like inspirational video? 
you know, like completely ignores this and just like puts out another inspirational <laughs> video and he's like he's standing on that. I'm like, I'm getting my bag. Why are you bothering me? Why you bother me when you know you don't want me? It's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And with that, I think it's time to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bro Show. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And what's up, fan bros? I hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode of Fan Bros Show. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Get it in your ear hole every week. All the Fan Bros Show. Like I said before, shout out to Outlaw Bars, Slam Bros, Scream Squad, Castle Black, more to come. So much greatness. And once again, yes, Spotify. That is yes. big. You cannot Big. request to be on Spotify. You got to be put mm. on. So just let oh. you know the caliber of the content that we put mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Premium cotton over here. Blue label only. <laughs> Purple mm-hmm. label. Purple even. You know, black yeah. label even. Shout out to Ethiopia. <laughs> Happy New Year to all my Ethiopians. I know there was enough black label being drunk up out there. Let me tell you. And I guess that means it's time for one of my favorite segments. The clock is extra. Worst segue ever. (laughs) (laughs) What do we have up first tonight? Up first, we have a guac question from Picture Me Roland. They write, studios are always making or remaking movies that were successful. If you were forced to remake a movie that bombed, i.e., the Rocketeer, The Shadow, etc. What would you remake, and what would you change to make it successful? What? Like what? what? Man, people always ask me these questions. Like I'm just gonna give them money. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's not so much about. Maybe you're not gonna give them the specifics about what you would change to make it successful. But do you have an idea of a movie that made, was put, put more people of color in it? I, I'd put. I'd make The Rocketeer. Um, uh, uh, Native American indigenous okay. you know okay. why not you know i mean why not like for why real not? why not like, i mean you know why not like just don't you know it's don't cause controversy at one and then people are gonna go see it for that i'm trying to rocketeer think is dope movie. too that's the other thing that movie is, is it? lit yeah the original rocketeer i like that joint a lot it's like it's like um homage to like the uh, I don't know if Disney made it, but it's like an homage to like the old serials and like Indiana Jones. You know, it's really like lighthearted, but it's good action. It's got Jennifer Connelly, you know, when she was. Yes. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of a film that the plot or the understanding around it was enough to be redone. Like, I feel like if it bombed, it, it may not have been a good idea in the first place. Mm. Yeah. 
And I know Rocketeer bombed the Shadow Bomb, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. I yeah, don't I have don't an know. answer for that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, picture me, a, Roland. That was a failed guac. Sorry, you guys. Sad trombone. But next question. <laughs> next question comes from Talk at Me Pod. They write, "What was the inspiration behind starting Fan Bros? We're huge fans, and you've inspired us to start a podcast. Well, first of all." Thank you very much for your support. Appreciate that. And kudos to you for starting your own thing. Ben, I mean, you were employee number one at FanPro. So you tell me what the inspiration was. Wow. Um, we talked about this last week. It was, you know, big shout outs to Combat Jack. It was really Combat Jack when we were on the Combat Jack show and we were talking about it. In fact, he even, you know, gave the whole history of my involvement with him and the show <laughs> and everything on the latest Combat Jack show. So if you ever listen to that, yeah, and Farron Bros, I mean, broke it down to the very last compound type of thing. Like, <laughs> talked about anything you know as combat oh, he did, oh, does oh he did all the juice he gave all the all, all the details of wow. our whole relationship you know that's my brother for life but you know like brothers we've been through it so you know he talked about everything the whole origins of fanbro show everything so in fact you know if you want to know what inspired fanbro show make sure you go listen to the latest episode of combat jazz show but what my mission, and I feel like our mission of Fanbro Show is always is to show people, it was the same thing like Combat Chat said, you know, to show people the path to success and to inspire people to success. You know, we interview a lot of different people from all kinds of different fields, and we're just trying to show you, you know, all these different ways that you can get on. And if you love this, you know, you love that, whatever your passion is, how to follow it, how to be successful at it. You know, and all these different people and, you know, me and Tatiana, Chico, Leo, everybody involved in the show should be inspiring you in the same way, hopefully. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. So, yeah. And to talk about comics, you know, movies, all that good shit. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I was employee number four or five. So, you know, I was there really. I was here like episode four. Yeah, you were like but, three or four. It depends. Because you and Jamie came in at the same time. So it really right. depends. It was me and Chico. Well, no, you're right. The, well, you the gotta also count the, remember, very quickly, very early. <laughs> but also, remember, Fan Bros was originally like the Tribe Called Quest. It was like a 30 million member. Excuse me, a Wu-Tang. <laughs> it was like 50,000 of y'all. So, Word. And, just, so, and it kept changing up. But anyway, next question comes from yes. Comics Fan for Life. What is your favorite dark and gritty style reboot of a comic movie or TV show? Batman. Batman. Yeah. Dark Knight specifically. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's like the original, like, you know, that's like the one that, you know, created the rest of them. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like after that, where do you go? Um, Okay, I'll give you I'll raise your Dark Knight, though, and say planetary. Because for those who don't know, Planetary is one of the illest, if not the illest comic book that I've ever read. It's definitely in my top five of comic books of all time. And it features basically what is would happen if the Fantastic Four were real in the world. And, you know, if they're just like locked up in this tower with all this great technology and all this stuff. And Reed Richards is the smartest person in the world, but he doesn't cure cancer. He doesn't do anything for the world. What does that mean? Mm. And so that's where planetary so you're starts. Just wasting your talents, you wasting your gifts. 
Yeah, because if you look at it, like if you look, you know, the majority of Fantastic Four stories, you know, they're always going off on all these great adventures, et cetera. But like Reed Richards invents all this insane stuff and he just keeps it up in the Batster building. Like he keeps it in Fantastic Four Tower. So it's like, uh, what are you doing for the world? And so, you know, uh, Planetary takes that premise and then goes off on all kind of things and explores basically every version of fiction and fictional heroes and fictional characters and kind of links them all together, like links the Lone Ranger to the Shadow and links the Lone Ranger back to characters before him and various things like that. And it's just one of the illest comics ever. So I will raise your Dark Knight with some planetary. Mm, mm, right. mm. Okay, whatever, Mr. Expert. Comics I cop, you know. I, I understand. Okay, next stop. Yep. From Will Graham, they write, what's your favorite Guillermo del Toro character or film? All right, I'm going to just play myself and say I've never seen Pan's Lab- Labyrinth, and I know that's probably <laughs> Don't my Don't play first. yourself, because I've never seen it either. Damn it, <laughs> well, I- we both slipping, because um, <laughs> I-, <laughs> I feel like Lexi Alexander or um, Monstrous Ma- Marjorie Lou called us out for, or called me out, because I let her know. You You kept quiet. But I yeah. probably kept quiet. I was just going to say, I probably kept yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want that flame on my life. But one of them called us out for that because it's a classic. And I know I, it is. I and I've never seen that, it. But it just didn't. It wasn't for me at the time. Like, I know. And also, I'm not. I recognize Guillermo's brilliance. I recognize his art and talent. I don't necessarily gravitate towards his work like that. At least when Pan's Labyrinth came out, that wasn't something... I don't even remember how old I was, but that wasn't something that I naturally was like, oh, I want to see that. Well, it's just not for me. I can't say if I have a favorite character, because Hellboy isn't his, for one. And um, I, But I will go with the moment but he did in... the movies. Yeah, but I'll just go with the moment in Pacific... Well, actually, I think he did create some of the characters for that. No, I don't know if he... No, well, I think even Abe Sapien is from the comics. So I'm gonna go with uh, the moment in Pacific Rim when that motherfucker hits that um when the robot hits that other thing with hits the monster with the. <laughs> so you uh, said fuck his whole body of work. Fast forward straight to Pacific Rim. When he hits that monster with the battleship, when he comes walking through the streets and then hits a monster with that big ass ship, that freight. Nah, that's it for me. Well, for what it's worth, you know he wrote the screenplay for The Hobbit. Oof. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna react like that. Yo, it's so uh, it's so bad how much I love the Lord of Rings and then like how much I love that trilogy. Like it's almost up there with Star Wars to me. And then it's just like the Hobbit and I don't even want to watch the Lord of Rings that much anymore. Next question comes from Van I almost said Boondocks, Bandukes. Yep. Bandukes, aka Bolo Young Money, Y E U N G like that. Who's your favorite 80s, 90s, early 2000s? That's basically everybody. Who's your favorite stereotypically offensive action movie villain? Yep. He's rolling with Screwface and all the Yardmen that got beat up by Steven Seagal and marked for death. I don't know what any of that is. What? Oh, my God, Tatiana. You have got to see. Besides the name Steven Seagal, I don't know what any of that is. If there is one Steven Seagal movie that everyone 
especially people of color need to see, it is marked for death. Because it features Steven Seagal battling against the most stereotypically offensive Jamaican posse and screw face kill me twice. Like, oh, oh my. Oh, my. Oh, oh, my God. Yes, screw face is a is a Jamaican drug lord with dreads. And it is, it, I mean, it's a hilarious, you know, movie because it's Steven Seagal in his prime. But it is, like, so fucking racist <laughs> it's just wow. like, um i don't know if you can really top mark for death yeah uh don't you like what's his faces oh god uh, let me not say what's his face <laughs> let me think about this man's name sir ben kingsley don't you like his version of the mandarin yeah yes oh my god that's genius but that's not really early 2000s um how oh, no about- it's not sorry i forgot what was the time period Everybody in Bloodsport. Everybody in John <laughs> Von Damme's Bloodsport. Every single other character other than John Claude Van Damme in that movie is a horrible stereotype and super racist. I've watched it recently and yeah, it's oh my god, it's so bad. But the fights are still great and you know, still great action. Um yeah, I don't I don't think you can stop top screw face, but yeah. If you wanna to even take it to another uh-oh. Plane. If you think about Star <laughs> Trek, uh oh. Think about Star Uh-oh. Trek. You think about the Klingons. Uh oh. If you talk about the Ferengi, if you talk about and the way that they were standings for either people of color or black people, whatever you want to say, and the way that they made them, especially early on, just quote unquote savages. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that they even said that word. In relation to them, when when the Ferengi, not the, just the Ferengi, but particularly when you're thinking about people like Worf and them, they were always othered, mm. and they were always the 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 ones with with this wild culture and this like that. It, it, it always when I really thought about it later on, I'm like, wait a minute, I see what y'all doing. It yeah. was a bit much, and and also Gene Roddenberry, he was a little cuckoo himself, but. Um, in terms of, and let me not say cuckoo, he was wrong when it came mm. to a lot of that racial stuff anyway, and also the way he treated women. But Ouch. I don't have, <laughs> okay, let's, let, let's, let's be real. Um, yeah. But yeah, all that 80s stuff, I don't know, man. Like, but, but I'm sure, like from the bit I've seen on TV, that shit is ridiculous and trash. But in a funny I mean, way, but trash. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, if you look at it like that, pretty much in the 80s, every action movie is a stereotypical, you know, villain of some sort. Like, Rambo's fighting the Russians, you know, Rocky fights the Russians, uh, Stallone fights, I mean, not Stallone, um, Schwarzenegger fights everyone, and everyone he fights is some ridiculous, you know, out of control. I mean, in Commando, he fights a dude who's, like, stereotypically gay. It's, like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, 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 the dude looks like a beefed-up uh, Freddie Mercury on on steroids or some shit. Like, dresses like him everything and seems to have this obsession with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the film. So, everything in the 80s was super stereotypical and over-the-top. So, mm-hmm. great question, but I really don't think you can top Screwface at all. No way. Wow. Yeah, you got to see this, Tatiana. Just Google it. Like, Google, you know, go up on YouTube and watch some Screwface Mark for Death clips. Because, oh, Lord, it's bad. <laughs> and one last question tonight. We have Call Me JD who asked, his question is non-geek related, but he says he loves the show, but he's newly single after 10 years and can't focus or get over his ex. 
help. Hmm. That's wow. A hard one. Ten years. See, that's difficult for me as personality-wise because with me, once I'm done with you mentally, uh, even emotionally, I'm sure there's always going to be ties. But I, I cut you off. I cut <laughs> it off. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm the type of person that's like, look, if there is a cancer somewhere, you got to get rid of it. There's, there's just no way you can really live your life if you still are lingering on that part. So I'm not, sh and, and then that's a long time. And mm -hmm. as a person, you, you've changed so much. There's certain parts of you that are still in a way stuck in the past. So, wow, I'm not even sure, man, that's difficult. Mm. I mean, how can best... you get over him? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. The best advice I would give is, you know, you just got to focus on yourself. I've definitely been in that situation of, you know, been in a relationship for a long time and then got out of it and just been like, damn, what am I going to do? You know, oh man, I'll never find somebody else like that, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, all that time, all that. So you, but you just got to focus on yourself and, you know, take that energy and focus it into the things that you always wish you were doing, you know, when you were in a relationship, you know, and like, like Tatiana said, when it goes bad, you got to cut that shit out. So if it was really bad where you needed to get out of it for whatever reason, you just got to move on and let it go because, you know, greater things are going to be in your future for one. And two, you just, you know, they never will be if you don't let it go. And obviously it's easier said than done. Way easier said than done. <laughs> One of the things that helped me after a serious breakup, again, this is just me, but was really what Ben Amin said was focusing more on myself and staying busy with making my life as great as it could be. Really mm -hmm. making sure that I was moving forward to do things that would elevate myself and elevate those around me or seek out those who, was, who were going to elevate me and be in my corner and whether that was just friends or family, whatever it was, just make sure I was surrounding myself in light and moving towards and continuing to move towards light, which meant doing projects. For some people that means reading, for some people that just means gaming, some, for some people that means making music, right? Like whatever, whatever gives you personally life and whatever gives you some passion, I would say start focusing on that because a lot of times, especially with creative folks, that brings out something new. That brings out stuff that you would never know what's within you. And then sometimes that becomes your life work. That's where like you see a lot of people where comedians or you see people like Issa Rae who's, who's made all these beautiful projects and things that they've done. And it sometimes a lot of stuff just comes from pain. Mm -hmm. So the most I could think of would be to do what you can and try to convert that pain into something better. And it's not gonna, obviously, it's not gonna just change overnight. And and to this point, it's been 10 years, but the main thing I could think of is, is keep moving forward. It's like what we always say every week anyway, you have to do what you can to be the best you. Mm, facts. Whew, so, you know, shout out to you, JD. Hold your head. Definitely stay strong, you know, and thank you for that question. You know, as always, we take all kind of questions on Fanbro Show. So make sure you hit us up at Fanbro Show on the Twitters, Instagram, or you can hit us contact at fanbros.com. And we'll be right back with more to show.
Uh, yo, what's up? This is Atu Asando. When I'm not inviting Chico Leo to like exclusive HBO parties, I'm on Fam Bros with y'all. Check it out. Peace. Welcome back, Farron Bros. Hope you've been enjoying this episode. I mean, I know you've been enjoying this episode because it is the all-amazing, incredible Farron Bros. show. You know, me and Tatiana King here. And, you know, I'm mean, to set her name, so it must be time for some. Tech Talk with Tatiana. And this week in tech news, it was exciting for the Apple set because Apple had their... I don't know how to say this, every fall Apple event, they keep changing the name, but it's just simply called the Apple event. They revealed the next set of iPhones along with a new watch and some more stuff. What you want to know is there are three iPhones coming out. They are the iPhone 8, the iPhone 8 Plus, and completely skipping 9, we have the iPhone 10. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are 4.7 inch and 5.5 inch respectively. They feature wireless charging because they have a glass back. They have slightly upgraded cams with better color, a faster processor, better slow-mo and 4K recording. But the thing that was most exciting to most people was the iPhone 10 with its 5.8 edge to edge display, Super Retina HD, 20XD6, everybody loves this screen. It also features wireless charging, but it also features another item that got a few people up in arms. It's called Face ID. Because there's no more Touch ID, the iPhone 10 now uses Face ID, which is a facial recognition to allow you to unlock your phone and do whatever else security you want to do with it. Ben, I mean, are you fucking with this phone? Nah. I'm good. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, the real problem with it is that, you know, even if you don't get this phone and I'm not going to get this phone, eventually every camera in the world is going to have facial recognition technology. Every iPhone, you know, in a few years is going to have this where they won't have the home button. So no matter what you do, if you keep copping iPhones, you're going to get it. If you're walking around outside somebody, you know, any camera is going to take your face. So it's just an unavoidable problem that, you know, we are living in this world of less security, more invasive measures by every company, every government, and less privacy. I mean, if privacy, I mean, privacy isn't even really a thing anymore. It's like, forget about it. Like, everything you do is out there. So it's, listen, I don't need facial. First of all, most of this stuff has been, and, and I, I love, I know Android people love to say this, but it's true. Yo, this, Most of no, this stuff has no. been on Android for a few it, years yeah. now, so you're late. I'm but, an Apple person, and I say, I mean, you know, it's just a sad fact. You know, since the man passed away, they've been floundering. And even <laughs> this is, like, completely unimpressive. Like, this whole, you know, 8, 10, both of them, whatever, who cares? Like, Let me add on that the 10, the iPhone 10 is also $1,000. Over. Over it's, it's, for the good one. When you start adding and stuff. Now, that said, no one ever pays a thousand dollars or whatever how much a phone costs up front. Most people just go on the payment plan, but that's not the point. It's just <laughs> a lot. It's just it's just it's just a lot to deal with just in general. That being said, if you're interested in the iPhone 8, 8 Plus, or the 10, you can pre-order starting on September 15 and they start shipping on September 22nd. And you actually could actually get it on September 22nd as well. 
Um, and I did mention that they revealed their new watch series three. Their new watch will now come with cellular. So now Siri was going to talk on it. You can stream Apple Music to your new Apple Series 3 watch. That actually is pretty cool. They also are going to make you pay horrendous amounts of money for their Air Power wireless charging mat, which they really actually should have just called Apple Juice. <laughs> completely <laughs> missed that one. They completely <laughs> missed the window for that one. And. <laughs> And finally, non-Apple related, there's a company. <laughs> I'm so bad and <laughs> so good at the same time. Yeah. There's a company where, I, I, listen, I saw this and I started screaming. They made a real ass hoverboard. My God. Okay. So this is the same company. It's called Flyboard. This is the same company that makes, you ever seen people in the water where they look yep. like they're on a hoverboard, yep. but the water's coming out of it? Mm -hmm. Like Super Mario Sunshine? Yep. They made a f <laughs> fucking real ass Nigga, they, the guy is in the sky flying. I started screaming. He, it's they actually perfected it very well because they, there's older versions of of such a hoverboard and there's lots of wires and a bunch of shit and, and it looks kind of bad. But this one, no, this is some Back to the Future shit. Mm. So I don't know if you've seen this video, Ben. I mean, I was screaming when I saw it flying in the air. Like this guy, they show the guy is just literally just flying over water, flying over the beach. He's just gone. I'm gonna check this out. I mean, I'm not getting on one anytime soon, but I'll definitely let <laughs> you know. I'll definitely watch somebody. Either way, it could cost five bucks, and I'm not hopping on that joint right <laughs> now. I'm straight. I'm good. You're afraid of that. You're afraid of that joint blowing up like the like the the other hoverboards? I mean, who? Yeah, I mean, those wasn't even really hovering. Like, there's all kind of bad ideas happening yeah. on a real ass hoverboard. So, um, yeah, it looks yeah. crazy. But yeah, anyway, yeah. you basically were going to be spending a lot of money this week. Obviously, but that's every that's everything in this week in tech news. Biddo. All right, and that means it's time for some comics. I can't. Oh, man. Marvel and DC continue making moves that I don't understand. I do want to give a big shout-out to Superman in the latest issue. He defends some undocumented immigrants. And I just love that, you know, everywhere people are just going in on President Trump. Like, everywhere. Mm. Like, just take it, take it. You know, like, everywhere. Like, F your stuff. Because he defends them from some armed white supremacists in the latest issue. And I just love it. You know, once again, patriarchal white supremacy runs the world, folks. Accept it. And, um, you know, fight it at every opportunity. It's not accept it, but fight it. <laughs> yeah, accept it and fight it. Like, you, I mean, yeah. you, some people don't even accept it, and that's a big problem. Like, that's a huge problem, especially when you don't True. accept that patriarchal white supremacy runs the world. Especially, you know, shout out to all the dudes out there who don't accept that patriarchy, you know, plays a big part in why you balling. You know? Oof. Oof. Well. Oof. All right. Um, also, and the, why people are writing all the comics and, you know, other things. But we'll get to that, you know, because, uh, like I said, while DC did make a great move, they also released Metal, uh, whatever it is. It's the big crossover. I really, honestly, folks, care. I don't understand what's going on. With like DC both, or Metal? Yeah, with the, no, no, not with DC in general, just with Metal. Like, I've read two issues. It's so much exposition. It's just blah, 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 you know. Basil exposition everywhere, and I just do not get it. So, if anyone out there is reading it and understanding it, please hit me up and let me know. DJ Ben, I mean, on Twitter because I am clueless 
Also this week, Genius number two, Cartel, issue two dropped, which, you know, genius. If you don't know, I talk about it all the time. One of my favorite comic books. This is the mm-hmm. sequel to it. Also ill as fuck, so you should be copying this. Genius is the story of a young woman who's born in Compton, and she's basically akin to someone like Attila the Hun, or uh, I don't want to even say... Because a military it. genius? Yeah, a military genius. A, a, stra- a strategic genius. Yes, um, big shout-outs to Hannibal, you know, someone like that, crossing the you know, Alps with elephants. And it's... Um, she's born in Compton in the modern day, so... It, in the first series, she incites a revolution, and this is what happens after that. And the big question in Genius is that she is she someone who is doing this revolution because she believes in the people, or is she doing this revolution because she loves war? And so that's what the series explores. It's definitely very ill. Also this week, Mr. Miracle number two, DC once again winning because they locked down the man Tom King. And Mr. Miracle number two is his second issue. I think uh, Mr. Miracle is to be another 12-issue limited series like Vision, like Omega Men. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's off to the same greatness. I will have to say this. I got to be honest that I feel like I've kind of seen some of this before, though. You know what I mean? Like I've seen this in Omega Men and I've seen it in Vision so far. Like, there's even a sequence in this issue that is pretty much straight out of Omega Men. And that kind of was like, oh, okay, Tom King. But then at the same time, his Batman, he had this issue recently with this dinner story between Joker and the Riddler. That's one of the best comics of the year. So, my man's still doing it. Definitely check out Mr. Miracle if you're not already. Also, this week, Runaways number one from Marvel. Runaways is one of my favorite series. It's right up there with Young Avengers. It's about a team of superheroes are they're all children basically and in mm-hmm. the first series they were all like in their teens and it starts off by them all finding out that their parents are all s- evil supervillains and so the wow. series goes from that like you know because every kid you know at one point thinks their parents are evil and it's like what if your parents really are evil and so the series went from there it was one of the best series marvel ever put out i highly recommend you check out the first series of Runaways, the first 12 issues from the original, you know, stuff before you read this, because mm-hmm. it, this issue was for me after having read that stuff was heartbreaking. Really? Like, yeah, in a good way, but it's just one of those moments, like, it's such a well done thing that they did in this issue and just so how everything's handled. And I can't say anything more than that because it's huge spoilers, especially if you've read the original Runaways. So I can't say anything, but... It was just such a great issue. I won't say heartbreaking, but more like, you know, tear jerking where you're just like, man, like, damn, they did it. Like, because it's hard to follow up on something that is so well done, like Runaways. And now I cannot wait to see where this goes. This is fantastic. First issue. Definitely my pick of the week is Runaways. Also, it's cell number four from Lion Forge. Definitely check that out. Lion Forge has been killing it. I keep talking about superb. Um, it sells definitely dope, very dope comic about a speedster that's really taking a different look than like the Flash, really going into some metaphysical stuff that I'm loving. So Is definitely it, check that out. Are they related to the Flash in any way? I mean, the it's like the story itself. No, it's like it's like a speedster, you know, like the Flash, like the uh, yeah, the main yeah. character in it sells a Spanish American character who is a speedster and but Latin American, Latin American, yep. I think Mexican American actually to be, mm. you know, correct. And um it's just taking the direction of speed 
I've seen it done before in Flash, but this is very well done. Like, what is speed and what does it mean to be to run that fast and what is, you know, the metaphysical ramifications of that? So it's, you know, it's pretty ill. It starts off as like a very basic, you know, Flash comic. And in the first four issues, it's definitely gone somewhere else with it. So I'm really loving it. Big shout out to Lion Forge, Joe Illich, everybody out there. And that's it for Comics I Cop this week. As always, make sure you hit me up. You know, use the hashtag Comics I Copped. Hit me on Twitter at DJ Ben I mean, at Fanbro Show and let me know what you're reading. Shout out to everybody out there using that hashtag. Love to all y'all, especially my homie as always, LEL. Shout out to him, you know, still the mayor of Comics I Cop. That, <laughs> that, that brother be buying some shit. He be on it. Oh my gosh. And speaking of some comic-related stuff, the first fo- photo of David Harbour, who is one of the stars of Stranger Things, dropped as Hellboy. Um, what were your what thoughts? What do you think about the picture? Well, I was, was going to make you answer okay, first. Um, I thought it was I, cool. I thought it was cool. I didn't have no problem with it. Yeah. I, I, I like the original Hellboys, like the tattoos that are like burned into his skin. But this is also more closer to the comic because the comic didn't have all that. So it works for me. I think look cool. I think he looked like he was big enough, like in terms of kind of being a little bit of hulking a little bit, just in mm-hmm. terms of like muscles and all that stuff and having just looking like he's filled out versus someone who's wearing a, a weird looking suit. Yep. It looked more realistic than and someone had put up on Twitter, someone had put up a, the picture from the original Hellboy and it was a very terrible costume job when you put it side by side like that. But then mm-hmm. again, that was another place in time. Yep. But it does look horrendous when you put it up next to the David Harbour Hellboy. It, it, it does. And speaking of Hellboy, remember how we talked about and praised Ed Screen for Chico and I. He departed the project. Um, he was supposed to play Major Ben Daimo or Daimio. And I'm sorry if I did I say that wrong. Is it Daimio? I think it's Daimio, but I'm not sure. I'm you know okay. me. I'm the butcher of names. Don't ask so, me. Ed Screen was cast to play that role but then when he found out that was actually an asian um it's supposed to be the cast it was it's an asian man and he's clearly not an asian man he's a white guy he was just like nope he can't do this so hellboy actually went and did the right thing they actually went and got daniel day kim now he's going to be playing the major which is fantastic because daniel day kim is bae he's amazing i like him as an actor and he has he got he got clout like he could do this so oh yeah I'm, you know, I think that's a great thing. Is it going to make me want to see the Hellboy movie just in general? I don't know. I, I'm not a, personally, I'm not a Hellboy fan. I know Chico is. I think you are. I don't know how much you are. I'm are not you excited that, about this movie. Not especially. I mean, I'm a, I, I like the original Hellboy movies, you know, well enough. But I thought they were dope and done well enough. So I'm not that excited about like, this. Like, why but- are they doing it again? Yeah, but I do love Daniel Day Kim. Shout out to Lost. So, you know, I'm, he's, he's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Shout out to Sun and Jen. Like, that still hurts. Oh, my. Yo, we was talking about the, that the other day. Like, that. Man. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Also, uh, Michael B. Jordan is producing an animated movie, Super Daycare, from the writers of Megamind. You know, big shouts cool. to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? M- major moves. Like, love it. Yeah, that's cool. They, 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 there's not much information about it, but they what they do have is that this film is set in a world where there are superheroes and supervillains, but only one super daycare, daycare for all the super children, which means 
it looks like all the superheroes and supervillains, all their children got to go to one place. There's no segregation nice. here. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, speaking of segregation, the Lego movie sequel will focus on gender issues. And the star's little sister will be introduced. Because if everyone remembers at the beginning of the, I mean, at the ending of the first Lego movie, the, her, the little sister comes in and all her toys come into the same playground that he was playing in. So... Now oh. you're going to see her toys, which are, it's not Lego, it's another, it's another brand that Lego owns, I guess. Oh, the blocks, the, 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 the lower, for, for the kids who are Yeah, the powers. younger kids, yep. So they're going to come in, and it's to be her and the little girl, and it's trying to explore. Duplo. I mean, him, Duplo, Duplo, yeah, and it, yep, and it's to explore between, I really like this idea, it's to explore the idea of toys, and what, you know, gender roles play in toys, and how Ooh. kids are raised because of that. And that's very interesting and very dope because that's something that I've always thought about since even being a little kid. So I really like that. And I know, you know, the writers of the Lego movie are brilliant. So that's definitely something to look out for, for real. That's that's dope. And speaking of childhood toys, when I was growing up, I I'm actually should really and I didn't think about this until when you just mentioned this. I have to applaud my parents because they did not whether they did it. I don't know what it was or, or why, but they did not force gender roles when it came to toys with me mm-hmm. and my brothers. So I was, I had Barbies, I had rockets, the ones that you actually like lift off in the sky stuff. I had rockets. I loved them. I love RC cars. I loved the, you know, them yellow track, Hot Wheels, the Hot Wheel tracks and stuff like that. Like all that stuff I loved and they bought that for me without even, and it was never a thing. It was never a question of like, oh, you're a little girl, you should be playing with quote unquote girl stuff or you should have a baby. There was none of that. All the stuff I have, I wanted, regardless of what what the society was saying it was supposed to be for, they just, they got it for me if they could. And mm. I, and like to your point, that is so important. And I didn't, even, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that until you just said that. Wow. Yeah, no, that's super dope. You know, shout out to your parents because that's incredible. Like, I even say, I was talking about this earlier today, like, my dad, you know, my dad was, like, an athlete, you know, he was in the Air Force, you know, he grew up in a different time than us and everything, so he, I feel like, you know, because I wasn't into sports that much when I was a child, I was really into comics and the role-playing games and all kind of weird stuff, but he even supported me in that, no matter what I was doing, he was always down for it, so it's the same type, I mean, not the exact same type of thing, but it's always good when parents just don't care what their kids are about and just be like, yo, I love you because, you know, you're my child and I support you because you're my child. Yeah, like let your kids dream. And and another thing towards all that, they've never called me a tomboy. They never like, oh, you're mm-hmm. a tomboy because you like that type stuff. It was just, yep. that's what she likes. Mm-hmm. And that that's powerful. Yes. Parents, teach, let your kids dream. Let them play. And, and if they if they want to play with the baby dog, let them play. They want to play with the trucks, whatever. Let's let it let it let it be. Let them live. Word up for real. Um, also, this one is one of those things like I'm like, come on, for real. Like, let's let let's be for real. But Stanley says that Marvel is working on it in regards to getting the rights back to the X Men and the Fantastic Four. I'm laughing because I'm reading his quote. Stan, stay saying wild shit. Do you notice this? Stay. No matter so what is that he said. He's like 97 years old. He don't care. Stan can say whatever he want to say. At every event, anytime a reporter, anybody asks him a question, he said, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm like, who is we, Stan? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know all of Marvel's like, Stan, ah, cut that. 
yeah, he said he said sooner or later there, i.e. Marvel, is going to get the rights back to all of our characters. So he's just switching tenses too. Uh, he says they're working on it. <laughs> he says they're working on it and they're still making X-Men movies and stuff. Yes, he said and stuff. Don't worry yep. about it. Listen, whatever Stan what? say. Don't worry. Yeah, they got like 50 <laughs> X-Men movies coming right now. You talk about don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, they got Deadpool 2, New Mutants, X-Force. That I mean, your children's children. Your children's children are going to be running around them hoverboards and Fox is still going to have X-Men. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Stan the man. But, yeah, Stan Lee be saying some wild shit, but he can. He he is who he is. Speaking of uh, old men saying wild shit, Harrison uh, Ford is not with the shits. <laughs> and, yo, yo, Harrison Ford has been wildly in the press all week. Talking about he, he damn sure ain't gonna do no more Star Wars. I'm like, no, no but shit. Why is he wild? He's dumb. They He's killed dumb you. You know, spoiler alert. But, you know, Harrison, you know, Han Solo dead. Like, but, you know. But remember people were saying how, not people, but there were reports that maybe Han Solo would be appearing in the later movies and people were like, oh, like a flashback or a ghost or whatever. You, whatever. <laughs> nah. Not a ghost. Whatever. The Do you know ghost. Harrison Ford? Whatever. Have you what? all ever watched it? Yo, yo, the best, one of my favorite heroes, I mean, before this week, was one of my favorite Harrison Ford moments was when he told uh, David Blaine, get out of my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can actually watch that on Netflix. If you watch the David Blaine special where he's like going to all these celebrities' houses and Harrison Ford, he's not fucking playing. He's like, get out no. of my house. You but, are the devil. Yeah. But my favorite Harrison Ford moment now has been replaced by when he said that he would have punched, um, what's his name, harder. Um, who's his uh, what's, who's his pro star in the new Blade Runner? Ryan Gosling. I can't believe I, I can't believe I was blanking on his name. My man Ryan Gosling. Because there's been a lot of reports from the set that in one of their scenes he punched him and, you know, like really gave it to him. And why would he you know, punch him harder then? He don't like him. I mean Harrison was like, you know, man up, but I mean not man up, you know, but toughen up. Big up, Ryan Gosling. You know, you got all the abs. You, you know, you working out. You supposed to be tough. You young. I'm old ass Harrison Ford. How hard am I really punching? Like, Can you just imagine running like Harrison Ford just running around punching niggas like just for no reason. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh. I mean, like I say, once you get to a certain age, you don't care. So just, shout out to Harrison Ford. Blade get out Runner, of my house. <laughs> Twenty four. Yeah. It, speaking of getting out of the house, people are getting in the house because it is on track to earn forty million when it debuts. And it didn't even come October out yet. It, so what? This is from pre sales and stuff because like you said, yeah. it's about October sixth. Yep. Yeah. Damn. People, you know, it looks like the hype is there. Shout out to Michael Green, who says, you know, that it is popping. And wow. also, you know, um, we got to talk about this because I know it's just been so much like going back and forth. But Star Trek Discovery is not being screened for the critics. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, usually that's that spells disaster, but in yes. this sense, th- this is different because a lot of industry folks are telling us, "No, this is amazing, y'all not." Right. Yes, the I've reason- heard from several horses' mouths, folks, yeah. that yeah. So, and fire. you know where Ben I mean at, so believe it. I'm just saying, I, I that's all I'm gonna say. But they- fire, they say story, production, everything, and you know me, I I don't talk about Star Trek like this. No, fire. He don't. He's he's typically trying to flame it, but hate. 
but fire. At least you at least you admit that you're a hater. But that's yes. being said, CBS but is I doing do they Okay, so CBS is doing this because <laughs> they're trying to prevent any form of leaks whatsoever. It's going mm-hmm. to be a two hour premiere on CBS proper. And then unfortunately, right after the rest of the series is gonna air, at least in the US, the rest of the series is gonna air on fuck shit AB not ABC, CBS All Access. If you're in the UK, however, the episodes are going to release on Netflix starting September 25th. They're going to, for the UK, they're going to show the first eight episodes on Netflix and they're going to release it weekly. So no, it's not going to be binged. Then they're going to take a hiatus and then January 2018, they're going to release the rest of it. So again, weekly. Wow. Okay. The rest of us get to pay $5.99 or maybe that free child will come through. But the rest mm-hmm. of us get to pay and go it from there. Well, you know, like, there's been a lot of people, you know, back and forth on the internet about this. But like I said, I've heard from several horses' mouths that the joint is fire. And the real end-all be-all is that everyone is doing all these streaming services right now because they're just trying to compete with Netflix and they're trying to establish their digital foothold. So it's like, been, it's kind of it's necessary. Will it work? kind of necessary. They want their bags. I get it, but y'all be yes. but 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 but, but I, I told you I have a personal issue when it comes to CBS slash Paramount when they do this stuff and, and I get I get it. It's just CBS. I understand why. They because stay doing this with Star Trek man, stuff. It's man, annoying. Man. They stay taxing people just to get anything Star Trek related and it annoys the fuck out of me. I, I fully agree and understand, so I can't say anything more on that. But, you know, I will be waiting for this premiere Sunday, September 24th, because, Ugh. man, like, I but can't, I keep hearing. I'm, I didn't, I, I don't know why I didn't remember. I mean, I didn't realize that the premiere was going to be two hours. That is, yes. that's, wow. Wow. That's I'm here for it. Yeah. It's monumental. Mm-hmm. We definitely going to have some live, you know, tweeting going on, all that. We're going to have to talk about that, because, oof, that's going to be some fun. Let me run through real quick because this is just stuff I want to mention, but we don't have to go into every single last detail about it. There is mention that the Black Lightning CW show will not be an origin story. It's actually going to start right in the middle. It's basically going to be him picking the mantle back up after being quote unquote retired after some time. Um, Netflix is developing a hip hop competition show from John Legend and it's called Rhythm and Flow, which is interesting because wasn't that... Hustle and Flow wasn't there a movie called Hustle and Flow? Mm, now they With... have Terrence Howard hosts. Oh my God, I'll pay all the <laughs> Oh Lord, he can do he, all the math. That would that would be a train wreck. Especially if he sits there and like adds up, you know, the numbers and stuff, and like figures oh, out. Oh no, yeah. stop! <laughs> Terrence Howard's math. <laughs> <laughs> be like what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh gosh, we had a yes. we literally had a whole episode about that like two years yes. ago, but. Uh, John Wick 3 is coming early summer 2019. I am pumped. I am a huge John Wick fan. I'm about that. I still haven't um, seen 2 yet. It's good. Like, if you like John Wick, you're going to like it. Period. Spoil it for me. Does Common survive? That's actually a question. Maybe. Ah, okay. I like that. I, I like, I, I'm I like trying the maybe. It, like it was kind of ambiguous, kind of not ambiguous, but I, I feel like he's going to be there. And speaking of okay. Common, yep. Common we go. is the first rapper to win or he's almost going to be an EGOT he's won an Emmy Grammy and Oscar he won an Emmy uh what a couple weeks back or a week back but all he needs is a Tony and he will be an EGOT recipient common I mean shout out to him but who would have thunk 
who would have what was his full name before common sense when he first came out yes common sense common who sense. on his first album had a song about masturbation who would have thought <laughs> i mean had a single about masturbation and, and not even no no not masturbation impotence he had a single about oh. being yes Oh. Yeah, about not being no, able to, you. You know, yeah, yeah, about not being able to perform on his first album. You know, shout out to that man. That that no, you know, no, I mean, you. hey, uh, I don't want yeah, it. You know, I know. Hey, <laughs> 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 um, and, also, John yeah. Barenthal says that the Jeez. Punisher. Speaking of, you know, <laughs> you know, because that's what I've been told. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have very few connections oh! to the defenders. Stripping down. <laughs> we can never just be adult about anything around here. Jesus. Speaking of stripping down, they say that they're going to take out all the supernatural elements in the, in the Punisher and focus the Punisher. in. Yes, and um, I had the Punisher. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I've I got to say something real quick about it. I've seen the show titles and. It has me so hype because I'm really praying that from what I saw the show titles, they're going to adapt this one storyline where he heads to Afghanistan. Even if they don't actually head to Afghanistan, if they just adapt that storyline in some way, which features this villain that's so ill and it features a love story with the Punisher that is like, it's just, it's the only love story I've ever read of the Punishers that was like really worked. And it's from Garth Ennis's run. It's just fantastic like if they adopt any of that garth in this run because lexi's movie adopted like the more extreme cartoonish aspects but then he later did this run where it just gets super real it is like wow. real and if they get to that oh you wow. know yeah money in yeah. the bank so yeah so they're they're writing it's like it's gonna have very few connections to the defenders Good. And it's just gonna be straight up <laughs> realism. It's gonna Ooh, be realism. So I, I'm, you know Ooh. what? I'm gonna ask Lexi what she thinks about it when it comes out because she, to me, is the the compass of whether or not they do it right. Well, trust me, if they get that Garth Ennis, that Man of Stone series, because one of the episode titles is "Point Towards Enemy," and that definitely references something in that Garth Ennis series. Uh, yes. Wow. Please. Please. Um, also, in some, you know, before we get out of here, we just got to give a rest in peace, shout out, blessings, everything, all that good stuff to the man, Lynn Wine, the creator of Wolverine Storm. Wow. I mean, I mean wow. right there. We, we can just stop right there. But Swamp Thing and so many others, like, just, I mean, Wolverine and Storm, like. I mean, he's definitely like the co-creator of those. I think Wolverine, he is actually the sole creator of Wolverine. Like the, really? You know, yeah, because Wolverine appeared before he appeared in X-Men. He was a character that appeared in an issue of the Hulk, in fact. And he fights the Hulk the first time he appears. That's and he has, all, he has all the stuff, you know, the healing factor, the claws, the costume, everything. So that's all in wine. And then, it, you know, later on, Chris Claremont picked them up. But I think Lynn was working on those very first issues of X-Men with Chris Claremont, with Storm, the rest of the new X-Men, Nightcrawler. You're, all these characters are Lynn Wine. Like, the whole new X-Men, Colossus, Storm, Banshee. No, Banshee was before, but Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler. I mean, just mm. Wolverine, Swamp Thing, you know, like who goes on to have one of the greatest comics of all time later on. It's just... That's in power, man. 
rest in power. Blessings to you and your family. And finally, HBO has says that Game of Thrones is filming multiple endings to fight the spoilers. Apparently, this is a common practice of theirs, and they do it particularly because when they're on set filming, paparazzi is always around, and they don't necessarily want paparazzi spoiling it for everybody else by showing the actors in different garb and different situations, or or even certain actors with other actors, because then people can start sussing out what's happening in the story. And really, that's the ma- they said that's really their main thing. Like sometimes general public gets wind of it, but it's really the paparazzi. So because of that, they're filming hours and hours of extra stuff that's going to end up on a cutting room floor and they actually did this previous season so i want i really want to see what's on that cutting room floor to be word honest. no like for real like they have to release you know those endings because like if this is the final season you know when the dvd drops they gotta have all those alternate endings you know because especially if they do some hilarious shit like you know john snow is played by Lil john snow the king of the south <laughs> Yeah, you know he just shows up in the last scenes. <laughs> okay, what? Fan pros. Fan pros.